On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. I am so delighted to be here today and equally delighted to introduce to you Jane Jenkins Herlong. Welcome to the show, Jane. Oh, thank you, Victoria. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Me too. Me too. You're going to be just such a treat. I already know it for, for the listeners and for the viewers. And I want to tell you all a little bit about Jane. I'm reading from her bio now. She's a Sirius XM and that is pronounced Sirius. Is that correct? S-I-R-I-U-S. Yeah, I got that right. (laughs) Okay. Sirius XM Southern Humorist international best-selling award-winning author professional singer i've heard you sing jane i heard you on one of those youtube beautiful voice thank you oh my goodness you are a recording artist professional speaker Uh, jane is an inductee into the prestigious speaker hall of fame is the author of five books including her latest offering and we're going to dig into this one sweet tea secrets from the deep fried south (laughs) i love that we all know about sweet tea And apparently Kentucky doesn't have it. You know, I'm here in Kentucky and we just don't quite do sweet tea like it may be made further south. But anyway, you are a former Miss America contestant and Jane now crisscrosses the country sharing her unique brand of sweet tea wisdom and southern fried humor. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the book. um, You bring joy and humor with 50 unusual but true faith-filled stories of growing up in South Carolina low country. And whether you love Southern ways of life or find their ways strange and amusing, you'll be entertained and inspired with warm Southern fried humor and tried and true tips for attaining the best version of yourself. Jane's 50 stories address specific landmark events along with issues in a woman's life such as fitting into the covered dish church culture, sacred sisterhood, sassy seasoned Southern women, and why we are drawn to beauty pageant competitions and much more. So, oh my goodness, I tell you, what an intro. And, you know, right out of the gate, I'm just going to ask such a profoundly deep question. How on earth do you attain the best version of yourself? How do we do that? I think, Victoria, I think you have to have courage. I do. I think you have to be willing to fall flat on your face only to <laughs> back up. And I say the best four-letter word in the English language is next. But you'll, <laughs> never, but you'll never know you're next until you learn how to be a successful failure. And mm. you, just, you just can't let things cripple you, paralyze you. And I have a heart for my own kind and you know for women who let the world try to direct them into a path and I think we need to be all God created us to be and not be afraid to be that person and we have to know where we fit into our lane our Mm -hmm. lanes are super important because people don't really want to think these days so you tell them where your lane is 
Mm. I know my lane and I know from my experiences growing up, God bless my family. I felt like what was lacking was biblical principles to be successful. But my gift is combining humor and humorous Southern stories and then going to that biblical principle, whether it's through a scripture Mm. or whether it's through just saying, you know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Well, all that says is, you know, be try to find happiness and joy, not just happiness that comes from happenings, but joy is so deep. So Mm. I think that's where I fit in. And I know exactly, you know, my wheelhouse. Okay, so how do we women and men, how do we avoid being afraid? In other words, I love it. You say a successful failure and just don't be afraid and do what's next and keep, you know, keep pushing. But what, what are the fears that actually hold us back and how do we overcome those? I, I think a lot of people have the fear of rejection mm. and opinions from other people and you've just got to look at that it's like when you get a bad review like when you're speaking somewhere somebody says something well you know what they might not be having a good day a good week or heck a good life for all we know we don't know where these people have traveled so i i think when you when you dive into it you have to be willing to be a risk taker And I think if it's something I was reading my devotional this morning, and I think if it's something that you know that God has for you in your past path, you feel comfort and peace It's when we get kind of crazy. And that should be a sign like, you know, this might not be in my wheelhouse. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is not the direction the Lord wants me to go in. It's too stressful. Mm. So we have to kind of stay prayed up, but I feel sorry for people that sit back in their lives and wonder what if, oh, Lord, don't let me be that the what if person. I, I, I'd rather say, oh, you know, I tried that and I really worked hard at it and I just felt I wasn't led to do that. I don't want to ever, uh, that would be my go-to phrase prayerfully. I don't want to ever say, I thought about it, but when I, when people have dreams and Victoria and share them with me, like I was just talking to, I was on a talk show and this woman, she was incredible. And she had had gallbladder surgery and she had 200 gallstones. And she, wow. yeah, I loved her. Um, <laughs> she had 200, she showed everybody. And all of a sudden, you know, we all started playing with the name of a book. I said, do you have the gall to serve the Lord? <laughs> you know, my journey through stones and rocks. I mean, way <laughs> and Israelites walked across the Red Sea (laughs) and then Abraham built the, you know, the the sacrificial altar. And I'm thinking there's so many stones. Stephen was stoned. Can you think of all these references? to Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to throw the first stone? Right. Yeah. I got to remind her of that. So that's, you know, so, so, you know, take it, pray, run with it. And you might Jet, you know, go this way at the fork. You might go that way. You might go straight. You might go backwards. It's okay. Just go somewhere. <laughs> mm. So you also seem to know your lane, like you mentioned a moment ago. But can you describe a time in your life when maybe you were unsure of your lane, or have you ever thought, Jane, like I'm done with this, just trying to be humorous or find the funny in something, or have you ever just like I- I'm done. I'm not doing that. 
oh, discouraged. Yeah. Yeah, I know not to speak in Minnesota. I mean, <laughs> I know, I you know, I know this crap. I told a funny story, and, it, and I thought, really, I need to get back to the south. I was so offended. It was almost funny. Like, really, I got another one. <laughs> so. You know, the, you just you just have to say people come from different angles, and I don't know from whence these folks come. I never, you know, I and mean, the Bible says you don't judge people, but I am a very good fruit inspector. I am very <laughs> good at that. I have learned that. But I think that there have been times of discouragement, and I just get on my knees and say, Lord, you know, give me some encouragement. Give me, you know, I have a really funny story I have to tell you. It's about my friend in Sunday school. He gave me like, it's like gold, the gold. It was so good. He said he just knew he was going to, he was going to fail from boot camp. He was 17 and he got on his knees. He said, Oh God, I need you. I need a son. I need a message. And he looked on his dog tags after he prayed and he saw be positive. He went, Oh my goodness. And he changed, you know, and everybody noticed it. And one of his buddies said, I thought you were going home. He said, man, God sent me a message. Look on my dog tags, be positive. And the fellow said, yeah. You want to see my message from God? Oh, negative. (laughs) He didn't know it was his blood type. But Victoria, that's a biblical principle. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think you're a failure, guess what? You're going to (laughs) be. So So, how do we change that? Like, what if we do get stuck in negative thinking or if we're putting ourselves down, what, what do we do to, to, you know, I mean, this guy made a radical change, like, okay, that's from God. I'm going to, by golly, I'm going to be positive. But is it just that, like that sudden, okay, I'm going to shift this and that takes care of it? Or what do we do? Well, I'll tell you what my friend Susie Humphrey said in a speech one time, and I loved it. I put, I asked permission to put it in one of my books. She said, oh, you're depressed? Good. Get that old nasty robe with all the stains on it. Put it on. Get in bed. Put on some mascara. Put on a lot of mascara. Waterproof and cry. I mean, well, think about dead pets. Think about everything that you've ever had happen. Go ahead. Do it. Now. About 10 minutes later, get up out of bed and look at yourself. Don't you? <laughs> and then she said, no, take off your makeup, put on appropriate makeup and pretty clothes and go get some Mexican. Make <laughs> I love that. She says, yeah, get into it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you go, I'm sick of this. I'm right. Like, yeah, not and not to make light of of depression yeah. and so yeah. forth. I I know that, but it reminds me of I had my dear mentor friend of mine. She said she she knew me so well, and she came through my whole journey of learning to take thoughts captive and the trans. She's watched the transformation in me by my attempts with God's help to renew my mind, but she, there were times after that healing had taken place in my life, and I'd call her and I'd, I'd be like, Jeannie, Jeannie. And I would just start pouring out all of this complaint and all of my issues. And she said, now, hold on, Victoria, you want to go down to the pit? And I'm like, I'm like, because she always told me, you go down to the pit, you eat dirt. 
And I'm like, Jeannie, I just need a little dirt today. I just got to go down there and eat a little dirt. It won't be long. It won't be much. She said, okay, I'll go with you. And then we'll come right back out. So it kind of reminds me of that where you, you do give yourself permission just for a little bit to be expressive. And, you know, this is what's going on and this is how I feel. And this is what stinks. But then after that, you dust yourself off and go eat Mexican or <laughs> whatever. So well, my, when I would call my friends when I was doing, going through a rough time, and they started answering the phone, now what? Instead of hell no. <laughs> I knew that I had to do, I had to go see, a, I went to a Christian counselor and he was great, you know? So, no. I mean, I, I encourage that. There's no shame in being better, you know? Yes, yes. So being the best version of ourselves, then if I hear, if I'm hearing you right, then it, Jane, it means, okay, we're going to, kind of step into God's purpose, what he has for us in our lane, expecting it's not going to be a cakewalk every single day. There will be challenges that we face, but, but kind of take charge also of our feelings and emotions, really just take them back. We don't have to be, you know, just go on every current that our feelings or emotion takes us. We can resist some of that a little bit and step up, you know, put our back, get our backbone engaged and just say, no, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go down into that, into that pit. Or if I allow myself for a little bit, okay, I'm human. Now I'm going to get back on the road and, and do what God's intended. How did you know that you were going to live your life? At, can we call you a comedian? I mean, is that okay? Or do you prefer yeah. humor, humorist? Is that yeah. the new word? <laughs> The difference is instead of the little quippy, you know, comedian yeah. things, we just are storytellers. We tell stories. Oh, so there is a difference. Mm -hmm. I did yeah, not we, know that. Yeah. I love the fast, funny things, but I love the storytelling because it's an art, the pause. I was just on the phone this morning with my humor coach and I said, Lou, I got a story and you got to <laughs> help me fluff it up a little bit. So it got so, he and I were in hysterics laughing. <laughs> it really happened. And, you know, we take, and this, this is why it's so interesting with the book. I got a phone, I got an email from this uh, film agency, it's a United Talent Agency, and they're reputable. And they asked me if the rights were available for the film. And they are, I mean, for the book to be a film. Gotcha. I don't know where this is going. I just have no idea. I got to get the literary agent on that. But um, I started thinking about why would somebody want this book in a film? Just, you know, just throwing it out, just thinking big, you know. And as, as I started thinking of some of the stories, I'm like, well, of course they would. People say, uh-uh, uh, nay, no way. Uh -uh. And it did. It happened. You know, I, I sang at a tent revival not too far from here. And it was in the woods, close to the woods. And the preacher is very interesting guy, very colorful, a lot of fun. And so a lot of little country folks. And, you know, you're from Kentucky, so... You, know, yeah. you, got, you got the Southern drawl going, say, preacher, there's some people that ain't come back to serve the Lord tonight because they said there's snakes. There's all over the place. <laughs> and the, my friend said, oh, that's just, that's just the devil talking. Ain't no snakes. He said, they, you, people just don't want you to come and worship Jesus. That's wrong. You come back. And I, and the guy walks off and I looked at the preacher and I said, oh my goodness, the way people make up stories. He said, uh-uh, snakes everywhere. You ain't seen them. They coming out of the woods. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I mean, that's just one. I mean, can you imagine somebody who doesn't understand Southern culture, pick up that book and go, oh my gosh, this really <laughs> happened? Said, yeah. 
I've got all kinds of funny stories. I mean, how many times I accepted Jesus and walking in front of the TV because we couldn't afford to go to see Billy Graham. You know, I was so afraid I didn't get him the first time and I went down, you know, more and more and more. Then I had somebody scold me and said, you just, you you know, you're saved. I said, I I didn't know I wasn't schooled in that. You know, I was an Episcopalian. I didn't know how you got to Jesus. I finally found him in the Baptist church, but you know, I just kept accepting him. I told, I told somebody I was afraid I was going to be stuck in pluff mud getting eaten by fiddler crabs. You know, like, so. Right. <laughs> so oh of my course goodness. people are going to be looking at that book going, oh my gosh. And Southern people just, oh, that is so true. That is so funny. You know, so it's got a lot of those nuances in it. And, and I do think that um, as a humorist, how I knew was my mother was very funny. I mean, we would, mm. she'd go get that big jacked up to Jesus hairdo every Wednesday. <laughs> she'd be smoking those dang, God, that's why she's not here today. The little camels, you know, yeah, oh yeah. had the little window tipped <laughs> and, the, and the wing tip with, with the rhinestones on it, you know, and she just, I felt like I was on the Jack Parr show, <laughs> had that cigarette smoke and she'd talk about everybody, Well, she was just telling stories and making up. I thought mom's got so many friends. so I knew then I got humor from my mother the way she saw things she always loved to she always say find the humor find the humor Mm. and don't let anybody take from you what God put on your heart and then Tootsie who raised me since I was five months old was my Mm. other mama yeah and she would say and God don't let nobody take the sugar that God done put in your heart because I know how to speak (laughs) so I love all that what it what it means is be joyful have a merry heart mm. and don't let people, you know, Victoria, my lane for friends is so small. Mm. I don't do, I, you know, when you're young, you go, I have a thousand friends. I probably have three. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care about all. I want people that love me, affirm me, build me up and, mm-hmm. and they're securing themselves. And that's why your lane for friends gets real teeny. Mm. You know? And I mean, I'll, I'll get rid of one in the name of Jesus in a nice way, but I'm not going to have all that. I'm just not. No, you're not a drama queen, are you? No, no, I don't want to be all that. You know, I've done that. Been there, done that, not interested. That's right. Do you have a favorite story of all the stories you ever tell? Do you have a favorite one to tell? Yeah, I do. I, I, this is what's called signature story. I've got. Okay. Two. Okay. So tell we, us. Well, when, how I met my husband, I was dating this really cute astronaut. <laughs> Let that just sink right in. And, <laughs> he is just very. And so I, I had prayed and I said, Lord, let me know. And I tell these young people, I said, y'all pray for your husband. Mm-hmm. We haven't met him yet. That's the point. <laughs> when you meet him, you'll go, oh, I'm quickened. You know, so, right. so I was Miss South Carolina. It was after Miss America. And I was dating the hottie astronaut. He's in the book. As the ho- I told him he was going to be the hottie astronaut in the book. <laughs> and so I need to send him a copy. <laughs> you might not appreciate it. But anyway, <laughs> that ship has sailed. So that's all right. So um, my business manager called me and she said, Jane Thomas Herlong said you could sit by him at this banquet in Myrtle Beach. And I said, now, Rita, did you tell him I'm in a relationship? She said, oh, yes. And he's in a relationship, too. And I said, oh, I know who he is. He lives in a little small podunk town, you know, how pitiful. And I said, who is this little country bumpkin girlfriend he's in a relationship with? And she said, Miss America, the girl that beat you, which was um, Cheryl Pruitt, whom I love. And she won. She was Miss Mississippi. 
And oh. so it was so funny. So it's a long, long, much longer story, but I'll condense it a little bit. Okay. So the punchline is that, that Thomas and I sat down and we both knew that this was, we were meant for each other. That's 42 years ago. Congratulations. Yes. That's wonderful. So one day and he proposed and I said, yes. And he, he asked me to marry him at a meet and three. It was very unromantic, but whatever, you know. So I tell people, no, I did not win Miss America, but I married her boyfriend. <laughs> I did. Well, yeah, that's, what is a meet and three? That's one of these little greasy places that are all over the South, you know? Okay. And did you say you had one date with him? Yes. And then you, then he proposed? Yes. I was traveling. I was doing my queen stuff and the plane landed and he was there and we went to an event. Uh, at a friend's house and he asked me to marry him and I said yes it was a week I but mean we did he it. just say would you marry me is that yeah. did he get on his knee no we were at that greasy spoon <laughs> he wasn't about to do that <laughs> I asked him later I said why did you propose that the lizard's thicket I thought you were like a nice restaurant that's right it's just oh he said yeah between the collards and the sweet and the sweet potatoes I said yeah that was romantic <laughs> I should have known. But anyway, I mean, it's a longer story because I gotcha. I, yeah. yeah, I called him to judge a beauty pageant and he and I asked him, I, I knew he was a cute guy. And I asked him what he'd been doing. He's very flat talking. <laughs> oh God, that's the dog. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> he said, I don't know why she's barking. I'm, it's I'm so you know what? Well, let me tell you, I've got Rico the Morky right here and my little five pound doggy and he always makes the show. So now maybe what's this dog's name? Maggie. Maggie is trying oh, to. Maggie. Maggie's my watchdog because Gloria is here to help me. Gloria. Okay. Hey girl. Anyway, let me shut the, well. You're fine. You are just fine. It's no worries. Honey, I'm on a Zoom. I'm on a Zoom meeting. Just let me shut the door, okay? Can you shut the door for me? I'm on a Zoom. Thank you, darling. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I love her. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> but the so when I called him up and I said, hello, he said, hello. I said, what have you been doing? And he said, this is what he said, artificially inseminating my beef cattle. <laughs> I thought, I am not that kind of girl. Why are you talking about that? <laughs> So anyway, it's a much longer, it's very funny because of course I've made right, it. Right, right. I love it. So I, li I like that story because it kind of, it's, it's how God works. Yes, you it know, is. Yes, works. that's right. Well, tell us your other signature story. I think I could sit here for well, days. <laughs> well, I was, uh, when I was in the first grade, I, you know, I was such a tomboy. I mean, I always mm. wore corduroy pants and flannel shirts and I lost my teeth and my hair was real short. People call me, thought I was a boy. And um, I love playing on the farm, you know, I was raised on a tomato and vegetable farm. And so the, the high school girls were coming to pick out the cutest little girls to be in a, a beauty pageant. And I said, oh, that's me. That is me, you know. So I brushed my gums in my teeth, my lips. <laughs> they never changed size. I'm, I grew into them. So I'm <laughs> happy now, but back then it was sad. And so I, um, I remember standing up at the front of the class and thinking they're going to pick me to be the beauty pageant, you know, and they laughed at me. They just snickered and they kept looking at the little diva, you know, who had the oh, yeah. tester tube and the stick out dress <laughs> and the poodle socks and the patent leather shoes and um, hair was jacked up to Jesus, you know, <laughs> and I thought, well, I could, she could see Jesus today. I could take her down at the monkey bar. <laughs> because, 
take her down. What happened to the seesaw? The most fun thing. Hi, you want to be my friend? Bam. I don't want to be your friend. You know, <laughs> aggressive thing we could do back then. And so I didn't get picked, but and this was the life lesson. One of them is my brother said, we need a fishbowl for the pageant. And so I had a fishbowl and I remember standing up watching them with the girls in those big old dues and the gorgeous dresses just glide across the stage and pull a question out of my fishbowl and the lord just told me right then you're going to do that one day and i thought how we have no money we live in a tented house my daddy did not finish the 10th grade i have no teeth i mean how is this going to happen <laughs> 17 years later it did happen at miss america which was a real miracle but wow. i was really struggled I was put in the c-section because of my IQ was extremely low hmm. um, I wanted to I became a teacher for dyslexic children they fired me they told me I was dyslexic that was special <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> my SAT or make a high enough score I took it over and over and over again I got hmm. rejected from colleges but I kept trying I mean I lord just put a desire in my heart I ended up hmm. graduating college I was daddy couldn't send me he had to send me on cucumber rebate money and so I, I persevered and I got my degree, went to graduate school and then Miss America. But, mm. and through that story are more little funny stories, but that signature story, although it's not as funny as the, the one, how I met my husband, that has such meat and substance to it. Mm. And that's why I like, because people look at you and think, oh, you're an author, you're a beauty queen, you blah, blah, mm. blah. You've had the life of Raleigh. Oh, no, no, no. no I had to fight the fear of failure. And mm. I think like Joyce Myers said, we do things afraid. We do mm. it afraid. So I do a lot of things afraid. And I mean, if this thing comes through and I get someone who actually wants to make a movie, who knows, out of the book. I mean, it's just another door God has opened. And I didn't know I'd be writing. I got an F in writing. And then mm. I've had some really good, I mean, right now, this, this sweet tea book. It, it hit number one in five categories and it's still number one. And that's been a month and right. I, I'm getting traction and people are loving it. So mm. that blesses me. It's not money. As you know, you don't make money from books, right? But you can make a difference and make people laugh mm. and make people think and make people be challenged to be better. That's mm. how I look at it. That's awesome. I love that, Jane. That is that's so many little mic drops there and little sayings that even if it's just, you don't make money, you make a difference. That is, that's huge in my book. And that's also meaningful and impactful in a way that just my own personal gain. Okay. So what money doesn't buy happiness. It, it can't do so many things and it's really all gods anyway. So, but to, to think that I might make a difference that, kind of energizes me in a, in a whole new way. I want to know about, can you describe like that typical Southern woman, as opposed to any other woman? What, what are the traits of a Southern woman? I'm kind of curious if I have any of those. Oh girl, you got it. <laughs> okay. Don't you worry. I, I want to have it. You in the sisterhood. Don't yeah, I, I don't quite have that draw or that accent. It doesn't matter. Okay. You got to have from here up. Okay. Yeah, that's all it is. Well, I wrote, a, I wrote a part in my book about that. And it's like, you could, I mean, the other day, this woman walked by me and I said, up oh, Lily dress. She said, I know. She said, Julie Voss. I said, I know. I said, on sale. She said, eBay. I said, uh, uh real, real. And so we, so we didn't even know each other and she was passing by. Right. So we could just spot. 
we could just spot each other. And like this morning, I had a renter. We have some property in Charleston and I was talking to this renter and we got off on family. Oh my gosh, we get <laughs> off on family. And she told me about this and that. And I said, oh, I got one. And we went, so we don't try to impress each other. Mm. We don't sit there and go, oh, I've got this, I've got that. I mean, we're helping each other. And I, and I, and the conversation ended up, I'll pray for you. She said, I'll pray for you. And so, I mean, all of a sudden, everything just comes down in the funnel and, you know, we, we just, we're just cellophane, you know, we don't, we don't try to be something we aren't, we're not Mm. putting on. I mean, I I sent her a book. I mean, she loved it and she gets it. And I mean, we're the kind that, you know, our daughters, I was at a wedding Saturday night and I was talking to another uh, friend's daughter and she said, oh. I know mom made me wear these big bows. It looked like a helicopter landed on my head <laughs> and the dresses. And I said, honey, absolutely. And, you know, and so Caroline, same way, mama, these big bows. I said, you have to wear it. You have to wear it. And so there's just certain little nuances that we love that little, little secrets that are, that are real special to us. And I wrote the book, Victoria, because a lot of this is slipping from our Southern culture. And it was just a reminder of some of the really funny things like the, the front porch, we sit on the front porch, we learn life lessons from cousin Wee Wee and Aunt Fanny. I mean, where they got their names, just scary to even think about. I didn't want to know. But we have all these crazy relatives' names. And we we just, we grow. We see these women sitting on the porch that look like they're going to cut you. But they're just tired because <laughs> they've been doing everything, you know. So they teach us lessons. We pass it down. I talk about the power of the pressure cooker. We have to learn how to use pressure cooker. So <laughs> all of these things are just little nuances in the Southern culture about thank you notes and don't write a thank you note with the word thank you on the front. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you have to have raised thermography, you know, you have to, you know, engrave, whatever. So all that stuff is so crazy because my mother would hold up an invitation when she got it. It would determine the cost of the gift and if she was going. And she had to see the watermark of crane. That was all we had, crane. So, I mean, all that's so crazy. But I mean, all that stuff's in the book and it's funny. It is funny. And, and I make fun of it. You know, I don't say, you know, I act like, oh, it doesn't have crane on it. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to make people laugh. Oh, I love it. I, you know, I have such good memories of stringing beans on the front porch. I mean, yeah. you know, the big, there's bushels of beans and, and I know it's a chore and they always gave the kids, they always had the kids do it. But those times with my cousins, with my sister, maybe a grandparent would come out or an aunt or an uncle. And those are really, they were formative years and I wouldn't trade those for anything. Family reunions and, you know, Papa's lemonade and just the traditions. And so I wonder, Jane, what is, why are we losing that? Why is that the dynamic of that Southern woman, the Southern culture, what's impacting that in your opinion? Why is it going away or why do we need to guard it? I saw a little graphic on Facebook the other day and it said, instead of Snapchat, I did snap beans. <laughs> so, that would be well, that was sit in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I think there are so many young people now that get behind the keyboard and that's their reality. Mm. And whereas some, we use technology and, and I think my generation is going, why are these people being so mad over nothing? A lot mm. of anger, a lot of mental uh, challenges these days. I think COVID threw a lot of people for in a, in a bad mm. spiral. And I think a lot of people 
see that the social media world or the Google world is the real world. And, th and that's a shame. And then they don't like to be social and they don't like, you know, I, I have these new speakers coming in and they say, what's your best tri um, trick for getting engagements? I said, call people. What? <laughs> yeah. Like the phone. And I've had so many clients say, oh my gosh, thank you for reaching out. I hear the voice, I connect it to the social media, you know, and I, I just think the keyboard cowboys are doing themselves a huge injustice. I think that's part of it. I do think that um, we are, all the Bible reading has been up since COVID, uh, statistically speaking. I think people are not in fellowship. I think it challenged our churches. Um, fellowship is where it is. Last night, we had our first church fellowship. And it was hilarious. We did a tribute to our graduating seniors. And I, I emceed it. It was so much fun. Everybody laughed. They had a ball. Mm. And the young people just laughed and laughed. And I didn't see one phone come out. Everybody was engaged with the church members who were dressed up like rock stars and Dolly Parton and the whole deal. So <laughs> I think we have a hybrid situation. There's not one answer. I think it's a lot of different things are challenging our, our, our basic Christian values. And, and so it is of concern. I think we need, and we pray a lot for our country and we should stay on our knees. We really mm. should. That's so good. Where do you see yourself, Jane, in maybe 10 or 15 years? I hope God gives me the energy to keep doing what I love. And I, I don't know. I, am, I still have feel, I feel like I have another book in me. Hmm. And um, I'd like to continue on. This has been a very interesting book that Tyndale has, has helped, has you know, published. Mm -hmm. This is a hard copy. It's pictures in it. It's got sweet tea secrets, little takeaways. And mm -hmm. it's just, just really up the game of my book writing because it's just a whole different format. It's easy read and it's funny. And then I got somebody else's eyes on it too. Saying, oh, add this word, add that word. I'll never not write a book without that right. again. And so I, I still hope I'm able to be on the platform and making people laugh. I mean, tomorrow I'm going with a friend. We're doing theater shows. We're doing one at a church. And, um, you know, it's not the, the pay I would normally get for my association work. But, you know, and I know that her parents, the friend that hired me is going to be there. And he's got dementia. I just want to love on him. He's the nicest mm. man in the world. So sometimes it's not the check that means just being around the people that you love and have supported you and the, the best gifts are the ones that you give and you just don't remember. So mm. that's just kind of give without remembering, you know, and I think mm. that's important. That's wonderful. Well, I can't wait to dig in a little bit more to your book. I've read several stories and I do love the layout. I thought they did just the, the copy of that, the publishing, their angles and the little, the graphics, the the way it was laid, I think I think it's just lovely. It's a they did a great job there at Tyndale. They, they surely did. did. When they asked me for pictures, and I, my daddy had about ten thousand slides, and I'm no kidding. I went through <laughs> all of them, pulled out a picture of my granddaddy Goompa, who was so funny, you know. Aww. And I, I mean, so I have social, I have proof of all those stories. Yeah, people, but that's the good part. Yeah, and you know, people love stories. Yeah. There's something that's so relatable and that instantly connects us when we hear a story. I've been challenging myself with doing more storytelling on the podcast even and just, you know, because otherwise it's just blah, 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 blah. And not with a guest. I'm not saying that. My guests are obviously quite entertaining and lively and engaging. But when I'm doing my own expositions, it, 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 
you know, I, stories capture the attention in a way that just regular, let me share this with you may not. So I've really been um, uh, thinking a lot more about storytelling. I love that you have a humor coach. I didn't even know they, there were such a things as, you know, as, as the, such a thing as humor coaches, but that tells me that you're, you know, you're in your lane and you're doing something God has gifted you at doing, but you also kind of reach out for another perspective on how you might get better. And I think that's a, a beautiful picture that we can all take away from that. We, we're going to stay in our lane. We're going to hang on and we're going to keep plowing forward. We're going to have those mentors and the accountability teams and others to help us in the journey and those three close friends that we need to do life with and so forth. So what a, what a wonderful time it's been to just chat with you, Jane. I just, I laughed my head off here. (laughs) I appreciate it. It's been great. And I thank you so much. And I just want to encourage people to just pray, think big, dream, and let the Lord just lead you into the right path. Mm, Amen with that. And where can everyone contact you or reach out to you? How can they stay in touch? Uh, JaneHerlong.com, H-E-R-L-O, like her long hair, H-E-R-L-O-N-G.com is my website. And you can reach me from there. You can click on the little link and it takes you to all the vendors that have the book like Barnes and Noble and books a million and some, you know, the carrot on the shelves, which I was calling Charleston. I said, y'all have my book. We sold that away. You sold out. How many did you order? They said, well, one. I went, oh, okay. I'll take that. So I hey, can tell my friends I sold out, but I'm not telling them how many. That's right. I love it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jane, and God bless you. I can't wait to see where he's going to take you in all this. So thank you so much for coming on to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. We appreciate you. And I'll put all those links and so forth, how the folks can get the books in the show notes. Thank you so much. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao. Thank you.